0: We all waited three days, and I think we probably could have just skipped ahead and avoided this game against the LA Kings completely. I'm certainly burning it out of my memory as the Jets fell to LA and Dubois in an embarrassing fashion. We'll talk about this game and what it means on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account, and be sure to use promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now, like I said, obviously uh, tonight was supposed to be a very fun, very good evening for the Jets. They were welcoming Pierre Luc Dubois back in town. The Boo Birds were out. The Jets had Velarde. Ayafalo and Kupari ready to have a strong game and show that, you know, the jets want the trade and what we got instead was, uh, wow. Yeah. Really, really depressing performance. Velarde goes down with a knee injury and the jets basically just kind of stunk. I, I think that's the best way you can say it from the coaching staff to the players. Everyone failed to live up to expectations and you'll have games like this, right? It, it's, it's not like it's that uncommon, but, I think the reality with the Jets is that when something happens and you need to improvise and try and find a way from point A to point C and and bypass point B, the Jets just didn't even get close. Uh, It felt like there was an assignment, and I don't know if the Jets read the directions. Unfortunately, it it couldn't have come at a worse time. Not only did Villardi go down, but Dubois also scored. So just a, a lot of insult to injury. Hellebuck also really struggled in a couple of instances. Some of what happened wasn't really his fault. Other goals he probably was not thrilled with conceding, but on the whole, just a really, really bad outing. So let's start off with the most obvious portion, I guess, right? This game started out actually okay. You know, Winnipeg had a strong first period, didn't score. But I thought, you know what, this game might not actually be all that bad. Uh, Winnipeg was fast and aggressive and and really put serious pressure on the Kings. And you thought, oh, you know what, maybe this is going to be what I kind of thought it was going to be in our preview earlier. I thought the Jets were going to have the advantage, at least on paper. They certainly did. There was every expectation that this game was going to be better than, you know, perhaps some of the other efforts. And, you know, it started off looking pretty promising. I know that Winnipeg didn't hit pay dirt, but the early pressure and the Jets controlling play looked good. Everything seemingly changed after Velardi went down on a, a Lazat hit. After Velardi left the game, you know, of course, uh, Bones starts doing his whole line blundering and stuff. And the Jets just didn't really seem all that put together. It was kind of like they felt the, the consequences of the setback and the team really changed. LA started to press aggressively. They owned the four check and Winnipeg kind of got caught flat footed on a number of occasions. It's not often that you can say that the jets, especially at at this point in the season, um, looked like they ran out of steam or whatever, but it felt like the jets just ran out of ideas and you know, bonus really kind of fell victim to LA's neutral zone trap that basically forces you to try and make you know controlled zone entries. And the Jets didn't really do that. And every time the Jets made a mistake, it ended up past Telebuck. So yeah, what a crap game. And I think it's really a shame because you look at how the fan base reacted to to Dubois's you know comments and stuff to the athletic recently. And this was a really good chance for Winnipeg to kind of stamp its authority on the season, really put a marker on its vision for how this year is going to go, and a chance to really get some fan support. Because when you looked at the st- the, the stadium and the seats at at the uh, at the rink, it was pretty empty, and it got really quiet after Dubois scored. So. Yeah. Wow. Uh, This game just was frustrating, you know, from from the second half onwards. That's what it really felt like. After a promising opening 20 minutes, everything sort of fell apart in the second half. And the Jets kind of got humiliated. And you'll you'll see this happen from time to time, right? The Jets are going to have games where they they do kind of look bad. Um, There's going to be moments where you wonder if they've ever played hockey before. But I was expecting at least for the Jets to still be competitive and to still look like they um, had a fighting chance. But in this game, it didn't really come. So really unfortunate, really disappointing. I thought we'd have a better script to author, but instead the Jets just didn't really have it this evening. Now, based on the first couple of games, You you probably do think that there, you know, you'd probably expect there to be a bounce back later this week on Thursday, but I can't really guarantee that. Vegas is going to be a tough customer. The Jets are going to have to be on their best behavior, and so far, you know, with with kind of mixed results, so you know, to to start the season, I don't really know what we're going to see on Thursday. Uh, But all I know is it can't be much worse than this. This was a really, really bad game. And at times, the Jets made it so easy for L.A. to take control. Once Winnipeg started getting trapped in the neutral zone and struggled to generate any sort of offensive pressure whatsoever, L.A. just had to sit back and wait for things to happen. The Jets basically skated into all of their uh, you know, defenses, and the Kings continually stripped the puck and just threw it back down the ice. It was like dump and chase hockey, except L.A. didn't even need to chase. They just watched... Winnipeg kind of wear itself out slowly and patiently waited for the the Jets to stretch themselves and then would hit out on a counter and somehow Trevor Moore sniped, you know, a couple of goals. So all in all, really, really disappointing evening. Did not love it at all. I'm sure Bones is going to be really upset. But you know what? Bones actually is going to have to wear this one too. Uh, in just a little bit, I want to talk about some stuff that we saw once the jets were trailing. And it's a bit of a concerning trend because it's not the first time that the coaching staff has had issues with this, but when you're down and you're really le- like leaning on your, your bottom six to carry the rest of the minutes, you got to ask yourself what the point is. If you're struggling to score and create offense, why would you not use your most offensively talented players to make up the difference? We'll chat about that a bit and, and why it's concerning to see it so early in this season, especially with the Jets really trying to go for it all with uh, with you know what could be one of the last big rides with this group that we've got. I know that Shifley and Hellebuck are around for a while, but you know what? They weren't the only players who are expiring, and the Jets definitely need to figure out some longer-term plans with Connor and Ehlers. So we'll talk about all of that in just a little bit. Before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. When it comes to buying tickets and stuff, whether it's concerts or sports events, you and I both know that it's really frustrating. You you sometimes overpay for uh, last-minute tickets, Maybe you even get stuff that's sold out elsewhere, you know, via retail. But the prices that you're paying are so astronomical that it's just not even worth it. And worst of all, you don't always know where you're actually sitting. You'll maybe get a little bit of a seat diagram, but you wouldn't happen to see a giant pillar blocking your entire view of whatever you're there to attend. So, you know what? Sometimes you just got to ask for a helping hand when it comes to ticket sells ticket selling. And that's why game time is here to make ticket buying and selling an absolute breeze. They've got plenty of wonderful flash offers and last minute ticket deals. And they also provide you great, in venue views so you know exactly what you're getting with each seat you pick up and of course you know they offer some of the best and lowest prices in the industry they want to make buying tickets a breeze and with just a few quick clicks through the app you've got your brand new tickets secured and safe in your account so instead of wasting time and money looking elsewhere Go to GameTime and download the app right now. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off your first purchase. Mm -hmm. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Friends, we are also uh, sponsored tonight by our favorite friends at Athletic Greens. Those of you who have heard me talk about Athletic Greens before know that I'm personally a big fan. AG One from Athletic Greens is a you know super easy daily habit that gives you 75 vitamins, n- uh, nutrients, and minerals designed to help your body, especially with your uh, your immune system, focus, energy all the really important stuff. I drink AG1 in the morning because I'm looking for a boost to my daily immune system and something to get my routine started. AG1 makes me feel pretty good about myself and you know it helps me get ready for the day. It's a very easy micro habit. And of course, it's really affordable. It costs less than $3 uh, a day, which is a lot cheaper than those cold brews. You might be used to pounding. AG1 also offers all of these wonderful vitamins and minerals that means you can skip the pills. A lot of you will probably have a whole case of pills that you carry with you and AG1 wants to help you kick that habit. And you know what? AG1 is super convenient. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. It really couldn't be easier. It's just a daily micro habit and it actually tastes pretty darn good. So, if you're ready to get started, uh, and if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to AG1.com slash NHL Network. That's drink onecom slash NHL Network. Check it out. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evander, thank you so much for joining us in tonight's episode as we talk about uh, a frustrating game against the LA Kings where the Jets, you know, had a real chance to impress everyone and instead fell so far of the mark that it's just, yeah, it's it's tough to talk about this game and not be really, really irritated. And, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to sit here and blast the Jets for everything because it's game three of the season and, you know, sometimes this stuff just happens. But one thing that I think the Jets definitely really need to answer questions about is what was happening with the forward deployments, right? Lowry, Appleton, uh, Kupari, Barron, a lot of these guys were playing a lot of minutes. And I don't mind it sometimes, right? Kupari getting a chance to audition for a bigger role with the potential longer-term absence of of Villardi. that part is fine. But I think the biggest question I have is, Why weren't Ehlers, Profetti, and and Niederreiter playing more than they did, right? You can't have them trailing in minutes when you're down goals. You know, the the top line can only play so much. And, you know, Connor and Shifley did as best as they could. But, you know, they had several different partners anchoring the third uh, right wing spot. Um, But I just don't really know how the Jets thought putting out the Lowry line, the Gupari line, and kind of limiting the second line would help them score right. Winnipeg really lacked finishing touch. And as much as I love a lot of these guys and think that they've done really well in the minutes that they've been given, the problem is, is if the jets are trailing, they're not really going to be the guys to help you finish off and, 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 and kind of come back into this game, right? You you can't rely upon them to be the ones who are your scorers, especially when you're chasing the game. And that's where I think bones really kind of got it wrong. Um, I know he can be upset about the performance from a lot of the players and stuff, but he's also going to ask, you know, or or should be asked why he chose to lean so heavily on the bottom six against the Kings. It basically played exactly into their hands. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say that Ehlers, Niederreiter, and Perfetti were going to single-handedly change the game. But you know what? Every time they were on the ice, they created more scoring opportunities than most of the other units. Just the reality of the situation. Winnipeg really wasn't getting a sniff at anything before then. And certainly once the bottom six was rotating in and out pretty routinely, yeah, the offense just kind of died. Winnipeg really struggled to gain zone possession. They could not get much off, off the counter. And when they finally got time and space, you know, either Talbot or a blocked shot lane took care of the rest. So just a really strange evening, and it's it's kind of been a trend with Bones over the years where um, even dating back to Dallas, right, he would go very gritty, very aggressive, very forechecky, even went down. But the problem with that is you can't pound your opponents into submission and hope that that's going to win you the game. You've got to score goals, and that's where the Jets just, again, fail to really get the job done. And, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to, like, lose my mind over it, but I will say that this is a trend that really can't continue. Uh, I think Winnipeg has got to get away from this. Bones especially really needs to get better with in-game adjustments because if this is how he's going to manage things, especially when the team faces adversity, the Jets are going to be in real trouble. They had it last year where stuff just kind of fell apart at times, and I feel like if he does it again this year, Winnipeg is going to have an uphill battle. They can't find themselves trailing situations and expect to claw back using the players who are more of your four checkers and your, your grinders. And obviously, for as much skill as Winnipeg's bottom six has, it can't be your primary offense driver. Those lines are meant to give more uh, more skilled lines a bit of a break and a chance to sort of soften the opposition and allow the skill guys to do their thing. This game, there was no balance with that. There wasn't really, you know, a, a clear delineation that told you, you know what? Yes, the Ehlers line's coming on to soften up and, and finish off opportunities after Lowry and Kupari pulverized. No, Lowry and, and Kupari's lines were asked to be the front runners to carry the offense in light of the top six struggling. So strange decisions. A lot of questions that I think should be asked and probably won't be because, well, no one wants to get in trouble. And I, I suspect, you know, this early into the season, people are going to chalk it up to, uh, some poor luck, but the fact that the Kings with Dubois came in and kind of embarrassed the jets really should be a, a, an alarming sight. I think the players know that they, they have to be better. And I think the coaching staff should very much be aware that how they managed this game was a total disaster. So Ranting aside, obviously, um, you know, heading into the game against the Knights, the Jets have some big questions, uh, and I want to talk about a couple of them in particular when it comes to the defense, because I feel like that maybe is one of the biggest problem areas with this team, and I feel like there should be a message sent with some potential lineup changes. But before we talk about all of that, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the best time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. For those of you following the start of the NFL season, you know that the first several games have been pretty crazy. So as a Ravens fan, you can imagine my heart rate has been up and down constantly. Some of you are Vikes fans. I'm sorry. I know it's not exactly been the best season for you, but if you're betting on any Vikes futures or anything like that, no worries. As long as you cap that five bet down, you've got $200 in bonus bets coming your way. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on right now and kick off the NFL season in style. Turn that Viking sadness into a win everyone can enjoy. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much as we uh, for, for joining us as we return to big questions for the Jets after a few games, right? And these were questions that were, quite frankly, things that I think people had circled in the offseason, but obviously the Jets didn't quite get around to fixing it because they couldn't, or uh, they just didn't know what to do with it. But I really think the defense has got to be a priority for some adjustments. And honestly, the adjustments should come as early as this Thursday. I hate to say it, and I know that they're not going to do this, but you've really got to bench Schmidt and Dylan. These guys have really, really, really struggled so far uh, to the point where you almost can't play them. And it's it sucks to say, but the lack of foot speed, the turnovers under pressure, the poor passes, the poor reads, the poor decision-making, all of it, I, I, I don't know what's going on with them. Maybe it's just exacerbated by the fact that they're playing together, but I feel like they're playing some of the worst hockey that I've ever seen from either defender. And it's funny because both guys are actually pretty decent defensively, but what we're seeing with both of them together as a pairing, it's, it's uh, it's bottom of the barrel. And I, I I don't want to like pick on guys and I'm not really trying to pick on anyone here, but I do think that, you know, you probably should give them a night off. I think it might just help them to reset and also send a message you know that this is still a meritocracy and you've got to fight for your spot. And that's where I think Dylan and Chisholm could potentially come in. And honestly, you know, even if it's just for one game, Give Dylan and Schmidt some time and maybe they'll come back refreshed. I don't know what's going on with them. They look really, really bad. Um, this again is some of the worst play that I've seen from either player in their jets 10 years. And like, you know, Schmidt may not have, you know, lit any barns on fire, uh, with his performance, but Dylan certainly was a defensively reliable player. And both guys have just looked like the game is moving too fast for them. So really disappointing. Um, And I'm not going to sit here and say that Stanley or Chisholm coming in is going to fix things, but what I'll say is this. I think it sends a message, and I think it does give you an opportunity to at least see how Chisholm does in particular. Stanley, we kind of know what his level of performance is. I think if you're bringing him in over Dylan, it's more just to send a message to Brendan that he's got to get his his stuff together before uh, things go along too long here. But with Chisholm over Schmidt, I think there's a legitimate upgrade chance. Uh, obviously Schmidt was kind of on the outs heading into, uh, the start of the regular season had Heinle not fractured his ankle in the first night. I think things would have been, um, very different, right. Or, or not the first night, but like the last night of preseason, things would have been different. He would have been there for opening night. He might've had a chance to help them beat Calgary. And, you know, maybe the Schmidt, mistake that ended up killing Winnipeg in the first game doesn't happen. Maybe in this game, having a puck moving blue liner on the third pairing would have made a difference. Probably not as much as the first game, but I'll say this, right? The, the, the third pairing for the jets has been on the ice for a lot of goals early already. And, you know, it's not one of those situations where you say, well, you know, the context matters. Everyone failed. No, very clearly. These guys have really struggled to make breakout passes to exit the defensive zone cleanly all of the stuff that they really need to you know clean up on because it's really hurting uh the rest of the jets and again it's just sucks to see because both guys have been so reliable for this team and you know again like i said even with schmidt who's maybe not quite been what people thought we were getting with him when he got traded from vancouver even he had better results than this before the start of the season so Yeah, a lot to mull over. Um, Obviously, the Jets really need to make some moves now because Velarde is likely to miss time. I wonder if this changes the Connor Garland approach, especially since uh, LTIR stuff does impact how you're allowed to accrue cap space for the trade deadline. It really sucks that all of this happened all in the same night and that Dubois also scored, but... I guess it'd be better to have it happen now than, you know, you know, several months down the road when a complete collapse then triggers a domino effect and the team spirals out of control. There's, you know, it's just game three. So there's plenty of time to write, write to th- the ship plenty of time to get guys back to where they need to be. And hopefully, you know, start off some winning habits, which could start as early as Thursday. We'll talk about Thursday's game on tomorrow's episode and, and kind of how the Jets can prepare for, what is going to be a really tough one, especially if they're down Gabriel Velarde. Um, I would expect Velarde based on him holding his knee to probably miss at least a few weeks. Uh, that kind of injury, if it is a lower body knee injury, can be something that's not a fast uh, rehab. So cross your fingers that it really was just a stinger or something and we we're, we're end up you know we're overreacting. But I do worry based on the fact that he didn't come back, it is going to be something that's more serious. So. Do your little circles, uh, your prayer circles or whatever for his knee. Let's hope that he comes back stronger than ever before because when he was healthy, he was playing pretty darn well for Winnipeg. But that's going to be all the time that we have for tonight's episode. As always, I thank you so much for making Lock On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for more Jets or regular season coverage. But like I said, for tonight's show, that is all the time that we have. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. And go Jets, go.